0: it started on the second half of the review uh i forgot to tell y'all yesterday once again that if you do this and complete it uh i will make it some extra credit for you so uh, i'll either put it on as an nti or um i'll replace a couple ntis possibly or um put it on the test grade whichever helps you the most I'll, I'll always do whatever i can to help you um the most all right so we left off yesterday with the. excuse me, the compromises. And so we're picking up on the back of your review with a strict interpretation of the Constitution. So you've got two types. You've got strict versus loose, and those are pretty simple. Strict interpretation just means it's got to be in there, all right? So if it doesn't say it in the Constitution that you can do this or that, when I say you, I mean the government, uh, then you can't do it. Okay, Thomas Jefferson wrestled with this because back when he was president, he had the opportunity to buy the Louisiana Purchase, that Louisiana Territory. But does it say anywhere in the Constitution that the government can purchase land and expand the country like he did? No, it doesn't. All right, so he had to really wrestle with that decision because it doesn't say it in the Constitution. And he is a strict uh, construction or was a strict. Uh, constructionist person. Versus a loose, which means that you can leave the Constitution open for interpretation. All right. So it may not necessarily say it in there, but I can do it because I'm going to interpret the Constitution the way I want to, and I'll make it fit how I want to. And so that leads us into that next thing there, the opinion of the elastic clause. The elastic clause fits in with the loose interpretation because it allows whoever's reading the Constitution to stretch and to interpret. And even though it doesn't say it in the Constitution directly that, hey, we can do this, we can interpret it to mean that we can do this. All right? So strict interpretation means it's got to be in there. If it's not, then you can't do it versus a loose interpretation where, excuse me, um, you you can do it because you're going to interpret the Constitution how you want to, okay? So strict versus loose, and then the opinion of the elastic clause is going to fit with that loose interpretation. All right, the Articles of Confederation, this was our first government uh, after uh, America won the Revolutionary War. They had to have some kind of government, and they came up with the Articles of Confederation. So just understanding that it was the first government, it's a good start. We do have to define what a confederation is, all right? Uh, A confederation is where you have some political groups. In our case, at the time, it was the states, so the 13 states, telling a central government what to do. So a confederation is where you have these small groups, in our case, states, telling... The main central power, what to do. Okay. So remember, America had broken up with England and did not want to go back with that system of government because who wants to go? And, you know, when you date somebody, you don't want to date the same person that you just broke up with. All right. So we don't want to do that. So we flipped it and we went the exact opposite of, you know, who we just broken up with. So whereas England had the king telling us what to do. We're going to flip it. And now we as the states are going to tell the government what to do. And so that's what a confederation is. Uh, Excuse me. Some of the weaknesses, uh, no military, or I shouldn't say that there was a small military for the articles, but the national government had no control really over the state's military. Okay. So uh, they had a small national force, but at the end of the day, they really needed the states to be able to to do anything. And the states just weren't willing to commit what the national government needed under the Articles. Okay, Secondly, they could not control commerce. So the money was not something that the national government could control. Uh, that was the states. And that falls with trade. So there was trade going on all over the place between the states, and they were doing what they wanted to. The national government couldn't do anything. So really just a lack of power, lack of control uh, doomed the articles. Okay. There was no executive, no president. So there was no national figurehead uh, for anybody to look to. Excuse me. Struggling today. Uh, The court system was state by state. There was no federal, national judicial system. So a uh, law might be interpreted one way here in Georgia and then interpreted a completely different way up in Virginia. And so you had different interpretations of the uh, of the laws of the country. Uh, as far as changing the, the articles, you needed 13 out of 13 states to agree to a change. so unanimous, which wasn't going to happen because you had all the states looking out for their own best interests. Um, and so those are the big weaknesses, okay? All right. Parliamentary versus presidential democracy. And the big difference here is in a presidential democracy, the citizens get to pick their president. Okay, so in a presidential democracy, um, such as we have, we get to pick our president. We as citizens. In the parliamentary democracy, the members of the parliament will pick that person from the parliament. All right. So the parliamentary people will pick. England is an example of this. They will pick a prime minister from their ranks. So the people of England have indirect say so on who their prime minister is. They get to pick the parliament people, but then those people are going to pick the prime minister. They don't get to directly pick them. Okay. so that's the big difference. Uh, Authoritarian versus democratic government. Uh, An authoritarian government is pretty simple. It's one person, and they're going to dictate to the citizens what to do. Uh, There is no, hey, let's see what the citizens want. It's what does that one leader want versus a democratic government where the citizens have the biggest say-so. We get to pick our leadership. Our leadership is supposed to do what we want. We are the voice. Uh, All policies and laws and things like that are supposed to come from us. All right, the powers, so we've got three there, expressed or enumerated. You might see either or. Uh, It's the same thing, and that just means they're in there, they're in the document. Okay, so if it's expressly written, if it's enumerated, that means you can go into the document, the Constitution, and you can find where it says whatever we're looking for, okay? So an example is that it says in Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3. I just made the sections up. But it says in Article 2 somewhere that the only people that can coin money is Congress. So that's an express power. No one else can do that, okay? It's written. You can go find it. Concurrent powers are powers shared between the federal government and the state government. So uh, if you take, for example, taxes, both the federal government can tax us and the state. So we have here in Georgia, uh, we pay state taxes along with federal taxes. A couple of years ago, the mega millions got up to like a billion dollars. All right. Had you won that here in Georgia, you would have paid, the first check you would have written would have been about $350 million to the federal government because federal income taxes are going to be 35% there in that, in that tax bracket. And then the second check you would have written been to the state of Georgia for a little bit less, probably somewhere between 50 and 100000000 million. I'm not sure of the exact rate, uh, but that would have been um, the first two checks you wrote if you won that much money. Now, you'd still be okay, so had I, had I won, I wouldn't be here. Anyways, uh, next up is the reserve powers, and these are powers left to the states, okay? So reserve powers are those that are left to the states, and the thing to understand here is that as long as the Constitution doesn't specifically deny it, the power is left to the states, okay? So as long as it doesn't specifically deny it. So an express power is that the only people that can declare war is Congress. So that means the states cannot declare war. Georgia cannot declare war on Cuba and go and try and take over the island and have it as a place for us, okay? Um, we can't do that. We don't have that power. We don't have that ability, okay? Uh, but we get to decide our flag, you know, and I know that's kind of a, a silly example or a, a very simple example, but there is no there's no formula, there's no guidelines uh, for deciding on our flag. We get to do it as a reserve power of the state, Okay. Uh, Declaration, of Indif- in the book, reset. Declaration of Independence, who was it influenced by? That's John Locke. <clears throat> uh, and we've already talked about John Locke a little bit, so we're not going to spend any more time on him. we talked about him in uh, the other one. Uh, just the natural rights is what you need to remember there. Okay, moving on to Unit 4, the courts and criminal justice. Uh, we've got original versus appellate jurisdiction is the first thing there. Uh To me, it's a kind of a simple concept, but people struggle with it. Original jurisdiction is just the first court your case is going to be heard in. So you did something. Um, You broke into a store and stole some clothes or whatever. Okay, you're arrested. (coughs) You're going to go to a court, a criminal court, whoever hears your case first, that's the original jurisdiction. Okay. Um, a long time ago, I passed a school bus that was stopped. I thought I had the right-of-way because it was a five-lane highway. There was a turning lane and the bus was going one way and I was going the other. And so I thought I was good. Apparently I was not. Uh, so I got a ticket and For passing a school bus, you can't just call in and pay a fine. You have to actually go to traffic court. So I had to take a day off from work and show up to to traffic court. That was original jurisdiction. That was the first place I went. Had I been, I I pleaded, I didn't plead guilty, but I also didn't plead not guilty. Uh, Had I pled not guilty, I would have went on and had to to prove that I wasn't guilty and blah, 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 blah. Um, Had I lost, I could have appealed it which comes next okay which is the appellate jurisdiction but the original is where your case is heard first all right at the federal level is typically going to be the district courts uh and then appellate jurisdiction is when you have lost all right so appellate is when you're going to appeal your case so uh, i lost and i want to appeal they will never hear a case first <clears throat> so the appellate courts They'll never, they'll never hear a case first. They're always going to be the appeal. And it's not a traditional cl- uh, courtroom. There's no witnesses, there's no jury, nothing like that. It's just looking and reviewing the case, all right? All right, federal judges, uh, they are appointed for life. So once a federal judge is appointed, uh, there's not much that can be done to get rid of them. Now, they can be impeached and kicked out of office so, there is that option, um, but it doesn't happen very often. Okay. It does not happen very often. There's only been, I think, one Supreme Court justice kicked out, and uh, um, there's been a few lower level court judges picked out, uh, thrown out. But, anyways, uh, so why for life? Okay. Um, we want our judges to not be concerned about the election process. So, that's the main reason we appoint them for life is we don't want a judge to get a case in front of them and then be concerned, well, hey, if I rule this way, this group of people over here is going to be upset with me and they won't vote for me. Or this group of people over here is going to be upset and won't vote for me. We don't want that. We want our judges to make decisions based on the Constitution, and we want them to make decisions that are not influenced by anything. Okay. for life also means they can't be fired so they don't have to worry about the president or congress coming in and saying hey you got to decide this way or you're going to lose your job these guys are safe these people are safe from anything like that their salaries can't be touched or anything yeah yeah they can resign anytime they want to okay um so that's the for life part okay and the question uh was Can they resign? Can they quit? Yeah, they can quit anytime. Uh, The problem a lot of these judges run into is that their appointments are so politicized that they hang on as long as they can. Like recently, Ruth Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, passed away. She was in her late 80s, but she was still serving on the Supreme Court because she didn't want Donald Trump to pick the new justice. But then she died and he got to pick the new justice anyways. So, you know, it's they hold on as long as they can for political reasons, unfortunately. Uh, Who appoints them? Uh, The president will appoint them with Senate approval. Okay, so the president does pick them. uh, And they have to be approved by the Senate. Okay, the Supreme Court. Why is it the High Court? Well, because it's the last court. Once you've appealed to the Supreme Court, there is nowhere else to go. Their decision is the decision. So, they are the highest court in the land. If we were to put them onto one of those little pyramid figures or whatever, there would be nobody higher than them. That's why they are the high court. All right, Marbury versus Madison. Uh, Marbury versus Madison was the case that gave the court judicial review. Now, judicial review, first off, is the ability for the court to declare something unconstitutional. So, the court can declare something unconstitutional. And when I say something, I mean a law as unconstitutional. <laughs> so, for example. oh, Excuse me. Sorry, I'm stretch my back. Um, <clears throat> Georgia recently, I shouldn't say recently, it's been by three years now, passed a pretty strict abortion law. Like you couldn't get an abortion uh, after six weeks. I think it was, or after you could hear the heartbeat, or something like that. Uh, it was a time frame to where a lot of women didn't even know they were pregnant yet. So you might find out that you're pregnant as a woman and uh, be like, "I don't want to keep this thing," but it had passed the time frame already. That law was declared unconstitutional. Okay, the Supreme Court has that ability with judicial review. It comes from Marbury versus Madison. Just very quickly. This was back in 1803. Uh, John Adams had appointed a whole bunch of judges as he left office. Like, the night before he left office, he would signed all these things and appointed all these people. And the new president, Jefferson, showed up the next day and saw all the paperwork, like, I'm not going to submit that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so there, there's where the case comes from. So Marbury was like, well, hey, John Adams signed the paperwork. He told me he did. And I'm supposed to be a new federal judge, but you're not going to give me paperwork. I'm going to sue or challenge it or whatever. And so that's why the case started. And the Supreme Court decided, you know what? The whole Judicial Act that created this whole system is unconstitutional. We're just going to blow that whole thing up and start over. So uh, that's Marbury versus Madison. It did lead to judicial review. Typically, those questions are pretty simple in that uh, Marbury versus Madison led to judicial review or judicial review, Comes from Marbury versus Madison. All right, last few things here due process. This is basically amendments four through eight. Okay, so four through eight. We talked about the natural rights and how it's such an important part of American life and it is so valued by most Americans uh, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, and if the government is going to try and take away the the life that you have by putting you behind bars, okay? Uh, Your liberty by putting you behind bars and your right to pursuit of happiness by putting you behind bars. They have to give you all these different steps, okay? So due process is the fact that when you're a suspect, you can't be unlawfully searched and seized. So if they're questioning you, they can't just come in and start taking your stuff. They have to have a, a legit reason and a warrant and all that kind of good stuff. The Fifth Amendment protects you from once you've been arrested. You don't have to answer questions that the police ask. You get <clears throat> um, you know, no double jeopardy. You can't be forced to testify against yourself. So all those steps there. The Sixth Amendment protects you and gives you and guarantees you a fair trial. Right to a lawyer. Right to a jury. Right to see your witnesses. The Seventh Amendment just deals with the, the civil side. Uh, same stuff, though. You get a jury and all that kind of good stuff. And then the Eighth Amendment protects you with your incarceration. You can't have cruel and unusual punishment. So even if you're charged with a crime and found guilty, uh, they're not going to put you in jail for 50 years because you stole some bubble gum from Quick Trip. Okay. Uh, and also, when you're in prison, they're not—they can't put you in solitary confinement for for three years and just leave you. That's cruel and unusual punishment. So all of these things are, are to, the due process is to protect your rights basically when you are a suspect all the way through your incarceration. Okay? Yeah. So due process is related to the 5th, 6th and 8th. 4th, 5th, 6th, yeah. And 8th. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the opinions of the court, this is pretty simple. So when the Supreme Court makes a decision, they write up this is what we decided. All right? The majority is the winner. So if they win five to four, nine to zero. The majority opinion is the main winning opinion, all right? Uh, Why is it important? Well, because it dictates how that decision is going to affect the rest of the country, all right? So the majority opinion is going to dictate how the rest of the country basically implements this decision. So 2014. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of same-sex marriage. The majority opinion spelled out, this is how we're going to proceed. So it made it to where all states had to accept same-sex marriages. Okay, they used the language of the majority opinion. Brown versus Board of Education, when the schools were integrated, majority opinion said, this is what we're going to do. Now, the states chose to ignore that, unfortunately, and it took 12 years to actually fully integrate, but eventually it happened and they followed the majority opinion. Okay, Uh, the concurring, opinion is just the people who agree with the majority opinion so concurring <clears throat> excuse me just means that hey I agreed with the winners but maybe I agreed for a different reason okay so concurrent opinions is when you want to get your opinion out there because you agreed for a different reason with the winning side and then just yeah uh-huh. Hmm. Yep. And then finally, the dissenting opinion, this is the losers. Okay. So we lost. We're bitter. We're going to write down our opinions as to why we lost. Uh, it, I make fun of that, but really uh, it's so that basically when things go wrong, if things happen to go wrong, you can point, hey, look, I, I wrote about how this is going to happen uh, or whatever it might be, but you want to get your opinion. Hey, this is how we saw the case happening. This is why we voted the way we voted. This is why we did that. And you want to get your, your opinion out there. Okay. So all the judges can write these things. Uh, typically the, the the chief justice will write the majority opinion. Um, and then any of the other judges can write the other two. Okay. Finally is judicial review versus judicial activism uh, review. And that is the wrong There must be, there's a typo. So it should be restraint, yeah. So I didn't see that till now. Uh, I probably spelled restraint so wrongly that it just uh, went right to judicial review because I can't spell. I failed, uh, in eighth grade, I still vividly remember a a spelling bee and I I got skipped in the first round. So the teacher just sent me on to the second round And then I I failed miserably to spell my word. And so I was bumped out of the second round of the eighth grade spelling bee. It's something that stuck with me for all these years. Anyways, uh, judicial restraint, okay, is going to be where the judges do not use their own opinions, all right? So judicial uh, restraint, let me write it for myself. Uh, Judicial restraint is where the judges try and withhold using their own opinions, okay? Yes, it's going to play somewhat of a role, but uh, they're going to stick to what's in the Constitution and use that as the guide for their decisions. They're also going to use old cases. They're called precedent. So, you know, what did they decide back in 1992? What did they decide back in 1985? They're going to use those old cases in the Constitution to help guide their decisions. Judicial activism this is where judges are going to actively use their own personal feelings, their own personal thoughts to make decisions. And they're going to try and set some policies through the courts. Okay. So activism is where the judges are going to use their own personal beliefs, their own personal ideals, and they're going to attempt to set policy through the courts. righty. Uh, restraint tends to be a conservative viewpoint. Activism tends to be a liberal viewpoint. Point. Now, that's not always the case, but just the, the data kind of shows that's how it's going to be. All right, guys, midterm is tomorrow. Once again, bring me your review tomorrow, hand it to me before the test, and I will give you some bonus points. Once again, it'll count for some NTIs, or I'll put it on test grade, whichever helps you the most. Uh, that is always my goal is to help you the most. When we get done with this midterm, we'll have four units left. We'll have the legislative branch the executive branch, civil liberties and civil rights, and then local governments, and that'll be it. So we are barreling towards the end here.